Hola y bienvenidos a la Fencend, the podcast especial en español, roughly translates as hello and welcome to the Fencend podcast Spanish special. I'm here with the normal suspects and a special guest who out in Spain has uh, sort of declared interest in the podcast. So if we go around the circle, uh, my name's Liam, first of all, uh, and next to me I have... Uh, my name's Fraser. Uh, next to... Um, him we got Paul, who's not mic'd up today. Next to him we have... It's Matt. Matt. Uh, Joe is also... <laughs> Joe is also on Twitter lookout, so he's yeah. sat there fuming he's, now. He's two of us, apparently. Yeah, it does. Well, you can check Facebook, see if it's different. Instagram. And next to Joe we have... Kath Bogner. Hello. Surnames as well. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and next, In case next you confuse me with have. the other cat. It's magic. Uh, and Liam too. Liam too. Also Faulkner. Could have done surnames, but no, we've gone for numbers instead. Uh, and then we have our special guest. Hello. 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 Simon Hathaway. Simon Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're all in Spain, having a good time. A little bit of too much of a good time, I think. Yeah, some, some more than others. Joe. Okay. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> uh, so let's talk about pre-season. Let's go right back to uh, where we left off. Uh, just after that, we got our players renewed and not renewed. Any shocks on the on the not renewed list? Looking at Mullins in particular, I think. Yeah, I think he'd be the one. They kind of said there would be no surprises. And then I think Mullins was a bit of a surprise. But um, kind of makes a bit of sense since we had a few decent centre-halves and they were always going to look to to strengthen that department, I think. So looking back at it from with hindsight, it does make And sense. Dunkley stepped up, I think, in ways that no one expected. All of a sudden he could sort of direct headers and, and stuff like that. And instead of just getting to the ball, he could do something with it afterwards. I and think. an attacking threat as well, which I don't yes. think Mullins also was, but I think Dunkley's probably certainly more of an aerial threat, isn't he? Yes. Well, yeah, certainly now. Um, the other one that I, I don't know what I thought of him, Bowery. Um, is it just because Taylor's fit again that we didn't keep him on? Probably. I I, I kind of liked Bowery in patches. I thought he was a, a, a decent goal threat, but we didn't. I don't think we saw enough of him to to know whether he was going to be the replacement for Taylor. Uh, but obviously Taylor's fit now, so it doesn't. Yeah, yes. I don't think he was a surprise to go, but at the same time he did. Pretty well while he was here, so it's not he got a club pretty quickly mm. and Orient as bizarre as a club, but also <laughs> should do all right next season. So, so he was a funny old player actually, Barry, wasn't he? Because he um, he's got some really some quite good goals and some important ones, but then he also did not a lot else for much of the rest of the time he was he was with us. Yeah, so. I don't think anybody was particularly sad to see him go. No. Fair enough. But thank him for the Portsmouth goal in particular. Yes, yes, that was that was a moment. I think <laughs> I think on the podcast just after that we said we can't forget that that's three points we definitely yeah. sort of owe to him. Um, and then Hiltz and Maguire were both offered contracts. Maguire thought about it for a little while. Hiltz ended up moving on. He didn't think about it. <laughs> he thought about it as much as Hilton thinks about anything. How do we think about Hiltz going? I'm quite so sad from a player fan favourite point yes. of view as a, you know he was I, I loved his work rate loved his play I think he, he, they said he was frustrating to play with because nobody knew what he was going to do because he didn't know what he was going to do yep. um, and I think 
it looks like Joe Scars is going to be the fan favourite for this season. Yes. So I think, it's, I think we've we've kind of lost a lost a fan favourite in Constable. Hilton replaced him. I think we've lost one now in Hilton, but I think Scars seems to be the one that's going to be the yeah the, uh, the, the hero, the cult hero. Stickers and the banners would suggest. Yes. Yeah, and he seems to be well up for that and, and interacting well yeah. with it. And um, the other one who has gone that that um, some people saw as really out of the blue, and some people didn't. I am going to use this moment because of where he's gone to say I forgot to mention the swear jar that's in the middle of the table. So it's one euro for every swear word, which translates as about. £4.85 at the minute. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, for, for any swear words, it's a euro in the jar. For um, the place just down the A420, it's double. And for any C-bombs, which Kath has created an honorary C-bomb, being the manager. <laughs> I should mention, my oh. name does not begin with a C. No, no, no. it's not me. No, no, no. She just suggested, perhaps, that the current, um, or I'll say former Oxford United and Northampton town boss calls himself the C-bomb, so that's that's double double tax in there as well. But yeah, right, left, and that's where he went. Um, were we shocked by it? No. I think once we... I think Martin was signed as the replacement and improvement on Mullins, and they were fairly comf- confident they could get him and were happy to let Mullins go, and then I think once they knew that Nelson was going to sign, it meant we had four top-quality centre-halves who could all start and I think Wright was the one that was relegated to fourth choice so once we signed Nelson it wasn't a surprise to see Wright go. The real surprise was that he ended up at, at Sheffield United because I mean I'm looking at the, the reactions on, on Twitter and other social media outlets like Bebo and MySpace. The, the, the reaction of the sort of Sheffield United fans was that they were delighted. They were like, you know, we've, we've just pinched Oxford's captain. But, you know, this is a, this is a team that's supposed to be challenging for, for promotion from League One and they're having our, our off cast. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, it's good for us, isn't it? Um, yes. And the other thing that sort of happened in the wake of that is Lunny as captain. Um, I called that. Wish I had that recorded, but didn't, unfortunately. Um, a surprise to see Lunny there. I think it's it's difficult when you don't see him training. You don't see how he is as a as a man motivator amongst his peers. I guess he's going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. So do you do you, you know you might look at say Nelson or as he's been captain at Plymouth. But if he's not necessarily guaranteed to start, whereas Lundstrom will, I think he's going to be first choice um, centre midfielder. Then I think it's also potentially a way of. of in- Making him stick around a bit longer, making him feel really wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, we also leads by example, a bit like Jake Wright. Jake Wright wasn't a shouter particularly. No. Um, he seems like he's got a sensible head, doesn't he? That's the thing. Yeah. Um, sorry, well, I was just going to say he does have previous experience in you know captaining sides, albeit you know kind of younger age group levels at Everton and and with England sort of under 19s or something. Yeah, the different stages up to under 19 apparently is like. That one's one that, that we hadn't been made aware of as fans, necessarily, that he had that in his locker. Yeah, I think he's a player who comes across as a total professional on and off the pitch and will just quiet, perhaps quietly go around and do his business and set an example for everybody else. And if you've got a captain doing that, you don't necessarily need the screamers and shouters. You've got the coaching staff to do that and the captain can just be the one that the players can 
go to like you said like Jake Wright was he yeah. wasn't a big screamer and shouter not at the players anyway maybe just at us lot and stands um, <laughs> yep. but um, yeah he just seems like somebody who everybody gets along with everybody trusts so I think it's a good choice yep yeah sounds sounds good and promising and he sounds like Stephen Gerrard anyway so might as well fulfil the, the position the passing and the captaincy why not um, and then so talking about signings um we have signed thus far uh, Thomas Martin, Nelson, Rothwell, Crowley, Eastwood, Maguire's signed on as well. Um, any that we're particularly excited about? Weren't expecting any, any big surprises there? Nelson was a surprise for me, I think, and that's what I was saying about with Wright going. I think it may have been a slight surprise to the coaching staff that he actually did come to our level because I think it was expected. You know, We put in the offer for him, but expected him to go to the championship and then... Um, a great to get him and he's certainly I mean I think he captained Plymouth from 17 so I mean he's clearly very highly thought of there um, and I think he could be a, a great great move He did uh, say in his interview when he signed for the club that Plymouth drew both their games against Oxford last season that's Ooh. not true there's a correction here <laughs> uh, we won one of them drew the other so they said an apology there yeah yeah, yeah. in writing um, <laughs> Very formal about that. Um, other one, well, speaking about the youngsters, Crowley, Rothwell, they seem to be ones that, not necessarily uh, on our radar, they seemed a bit out of the blue. No, well, obviously, obviously we're not seeing anything on Rothwell at all yet, but uh, the reports from training are that he looks like something special, so he might have, he might have just picked up a gem. And of course he's turned down Man United to come to Oxford, which... I mean, I would do. I yeah, know. it's totally understandable, isn't it? I did, actually. I'm meant to be doing the podcast up there, but forget it. So, that's made up. Um, I think we've done, we've done tidy business at the moment. Nelson stands out, as I say, because he was expected to go higher. We've not necessarily signed a, a marquee signing in bunny ears, which is really handy on radio, because you can obviously see them. Yep. Um, yeah, we've not made like the big name signing necessarily, but we, I think we've tidily gone about the business at the moment, and then if they can add a few, there's certainly ones that are drifting about, potentially that still don't have clubs that are being rumoured of either yes. coming to us or floating about the place, then, then there's still potential to get that big, names, big name for League One and Two signing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think as each one's come in, if you if you don't know them and you look them up, you go, actually, that's a cracking signing. Um, especially working under Appleton, the way he does things. Had a meeting with the players the other day, apparently, in terms of uh, what the club are and how they um, how they work and what they aim to do. And that's not something you normally see in League One. No. So. I think going back to the Rothwell signing as well, I think this time last year when we signed Lundstrom, and I was, I was at the fans forum where they announced they'd signed him and everyone's... Rather than going, oh, he's good. I remember him from there. Or they, everyone's on their phones. Who's who? And I think Rothwell could easily turn out to be, you know, similar um, situation where Everton wanted Nunstrom to stay, offered him a contract. He wanted to play, so he came to us. Rothwell's done the same thing. Turned down a contract at a Premier League club mm -hmm. to come to us because he's seen what's what the likes of and Roof and Nunstrom have got. Yeah, yeah. Ones that want to want to be playing at this stage in their career and are willing to sacrifice probably their wages because yeah. even if he's not even not getting in Man U's yeah, squad still, yeah. you're still as an under 21s player paid more than League One players mm. 
So he's probably and sacrificed the potential growth at Man U, mm. although as a youth player with Mourinho coming in, no how much that is. <laughs> yeah. um, but to go and get first team football, so that's good from a personality point of view. I think that's also partly down to the Apple factor. Mike Appleton just kind of has a way of convincing players to, to, to that, that Oxford is the right place for them to kind of further their careers. And you know, obviously, we've got a track record now mm. with, mm. you know, obviously. Kamaru, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, um, next up, I believe. It's a good link then, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Um, before we do move on past that, though, I'm going to ruin, up, ruin the good link and say uh, you did bunny ears and said it wasn't good for radio. We did sign Eastwood, who we've had before, and Liam, every time, uh, Liam too, every time the, uh, <laughs> the player is mentioned mm-hmm. on the team sheet, would you care to, to do your impression of Back to the Future <laughs> Part 3 that you do to Kath? Um, all right. Uh, Mr. Eastwood. Lovely. <laughs> oh. We'll cut that bit. No, 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 don't cut that. That's coming in gold. That was amazing. <laughs> that was, actually, that was the best one. <laughs> yeah. So, you're, you're lucky you get that every game now, Kat. Yay. Well, well done. Every day. On to Roof then. So, over the last week, uh, rumoured to be £3 million, um, less whatever the the salon clause was. Three million pounds for roof. Um, I feel Appleton can get a good replacement in. I completely trust Appleton. We sort of knew it was on the table because Eels mentioned if someone came in for for a player, we'd have to consider it from a, a profit point of view. Um, big shock. Oh, there were always going to be offers for roof. I mean, he was always going to be in demand and, and, and things like that. I think it's 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 almost a shock that he's gone for so much money, mm-hmm. um, having only kind of really done it at, at League Two level. So I think it was around sort of Christmas time we were saying, you know what, if he goes in January, we might, we might get a million pounds for this player. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we've got, you know, Room some amount of reckon three million, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's great business for the club. The question is whether how much of that money we'll actually be able to spend on players and how much goes down to paying down the debt and things mm-hmm. like that. So, but, you know, uh, however much we have, you trust Appleton to find something to, to kind of replace him or, you know, pick another gem up as, you know, who would have seen, have seen Roof being such a player when, when you arrived? And the him. other thing I think it shows is players like um, Rothwell coming in is that if you do it at this level and we get a big unturned downable offer, then we won't stand in your way and you're allowed to go on and progress your career. We're not going to then cling on to you. Um, and when the time is right. When the time is right. Another good link, man. Yes. So, a couple of days after that, uh, Callum O'Dowda phoned in sick to work, didn't turn up to the Sully Hole game, and then didn't come out to Spain. Um, As fans, I think we um, sort of are dubious about the the fact he was ill, uh, especially as now he's signed for Bristol City. Um, Do we think he was ill? Let's do a little vote of it. We'll call it the Cal poll. Mm. Sorry, comedy That's amazing. That's the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> That's, uh, I had that plan for two days. Yeah. He then signed for City. I thought I've got to reword it now. Yeah. Um, so, Callum O'Dowd went. Um, I personally feel it's a really bad move for him. He's going to sit on the bench in the Championship, I think. I think the, the club had have, have big plans for him. He was definitely part of the, the club's plans. They, you know, they didn't want to get rid of him. You know, and. I, th- I think you're right. I think he's gone too early. Mm-hmm. I think whereas whereas Roof had 
sort of 18 months, the back end of the previous season and last season, showing what he could do and, and doing it and high score. And potentially then, going back to the roof site, uh, sale, three million. I heard somebody say last night, it's the highest ever transfer fee for a that was fourth division Darryl footballer. Said yeah, that yeah. Last yeah. Night. He so, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's the most. I think sort of O'Dowder going this early, I think he, if he could have stayed, maybe he becomes next season's Kemar Roof and he goes for three million to a team like Leeds rather than yeah. a team like Bristol City. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I'll just say Roof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All these people <laughs> calling it Kemar. So. Kemar. Yeah. Um, so I think Callum, you know, stick around for another year and, and you get a bigger club or than Bristol six City. Or six yeah. months, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, like, there is that side of it. I don't think it was, uh, he was necessarily ready to take the step up. Part of me hopes that he proves us wrong because, you know, he seemed nice enough. However, have there is, calls, yes, so. yeah. Um, there is a bit of taste, I, I feel, phoning in sick. I think he claims to be a fan of the club and I don't, like, I phone in sick to work to go to the games. I've left my job now, so that's fine. But <laughs> how, how much for then? <laughs> yeah, I've signed, you know, I, I just think that he's, I think he's, he's done things the wrong way. Certainly compared to how Roof has conducted himself yep. in the same situation. Where and I think if Odalda went, Roof would have stayed. Mm. I think if it was the other way around, but he waits until two days after Roof's gone. Yeah. And then... Well, Odalda did know we were going to be playing in League One from May. So he had all that time. If he wanted to move, he had all that time to get it sorted out and talk to the club and you know make his feelings known. But it seems like he's kind of bumbled along doing his own thing and then Ruth's gone and all of a sudden he's gone oh I might not get this move after all and he's you know and he's, he signed a two year contract at the start of last season three it was a three yeah. so there's not much more as a club we could have done to to sort of show progression we've, we've got promotion in, in the first year of his contract so yeah. you know so he, he can't expect us to go into the championship in one year so it's I think we've progressed brilliantly in, in one of the interviews, he sort of said, well, I don't know what he wanted from the three years. Mm. If it's not promotion, like, yeah. um, like it couldn't have gone further. He played no. at Wembley, he's got an international caller. What was he wanting um, from a three-year... And also, he's not been a regular starter. He's gradually worked his way into the side over the course of last season. But he's just, you know, he's just broken through, really, into a League Two side last season. To suddenly then expect to, to go and play week in, week out in the championship, it's not it's unrealistic. And I think it you know, I think possibly this call up to to the Ireland sort of, you know, national team has possibly kind of given him a bit of an mm. or perhaps given his agent an overinflated sort of sense of, of, of his importance. Mm -hmm. And I think it, you know, at the end of the day, the, the real loser from it possibly would be him himself. Mm. I mean it's a shame because he's got so much potential to be such a good player and at this stage in his career what he needs is to be playing good competitive football at a decent level, which is exactly what he would have had if he'd stayed. It's kind of the way he's gone about things that, that does leave the, the bitter taste, as you say. Because I do, you know, he genuinely was a fan. He played for the club from such a young age. And I think it just comes across as a bit naive to think phony and sick is a way to do it. If he really wanted to go, he should have just handed in a transfer request and done it properly and spoke you know I feel like Michael Appleton's the kind of guy I mean Maguire said that he'd been talking to him all summer mm -hmm. and he seems like the kind of guy you could just go and sit down and have a heart-to-heart -heart with as a player and say this I really do want to do this yeah let's not forget like this is the club which which kind of has, has made Calum Dada into the player he is he's been with the club for a long time he's supposed to supports the club he should he should treat treat the club and, and the fans and everyone 
with a little bit more respect. I just think it's, 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 it's completely off to kind of to try and engineer a move like that. Looking at signings in general, um, Callum O'Dowd is rumoured to be 1.2 with add-ons making it 1.6 plus a salon clause. Um, so we've sold two of our players for 4.2 slash 4.6 million. I would say they're not our two best players either. I think you put Cirque's roof um, in there. Scars is 7 out of 10 every week, as I'm sure has been mentioned a lot. Maguire's a very gifted player. He's stayed on. Um, I think we've done all right. I think that's the outcome from it is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, probably in both situations we got more than we would value the players at, which is important. If you don't want to sell them, mm-hmm. then you have to get more than they're worth. And I think we've probably done that. At yes. standard market value, you make the buying club pay more. And well, I think from, from League 2 into League 1, for a good player, well, Ricky Holmes is a good example, who handed in a transfer request and they sold for 200,000. We got three million for ours. <laughs> um, and then you've got someone else who I'd probably at most value him at about 650. And I think that's generous for what he did last season. People go on about him as if he did everything. He only played about 20 games. He set up three goals from the wing um, and he scored a few. A lot of those, I think he should have passed it at the time. So I, I, I don't think that's me being bitter. I, I don't think he's worth 1.2, 1.6 million. I, I think Daryl Eels has been incredible. Yeah, like you say, if if you'd have said to fans, who do you, you know, if you if you've got to lose two players, you'd potentially go, okay, well, Ruth and Callum, maybe, you know, they're they're like you said, not as important as Lundstrom and Circum. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're the backbone of the team. Well, and, and to get that sort of money for two players that who were important last season, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But but moving forward, I think they're they're not irreplaceable. The the creativity came from the centre, and so many teams after playing has said their central midfield beat our central midfield, and that's where all the creativity started. And it also allows attacking players to not do the tracking back, mm. to not do as much of the grafting as perhaps in other sides they would mm-hmm. need to, which allows flair players to go and be flair players and well, yeah, show how, off up front, which is why they're worth so much. But mm. if you don't have the team behind you that enables you to do that and drift around in the middle mm-hmm. and pop up and score a winner, then you... Well, yeah, and then covering, covering right and left back. Yeah, Scar's not so much bolting forward that way, <laughs> but um, certainly Bulldog when he was there, and then Circum would come back and cover his position if if Bulldog was caught um, off his off his guard. Um, I, yeah, I think it's been great business. You're listening to the Fence End Podcast Spanish Special. We are out in Spain, as the podcast name would suggest. Um, so. How's Spain been other than hot? Very hot. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Moving on. Uh, We had match one the other day. That was on a 4G pitch um, out against... Al Jorín del Toro. Well done. Journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Um, 2-0. It was a bit of a uh, scrappy game, I felt. But yeah, it got players used to 90 minutes. Yeah, it was mostly an academy squad, wasn't it, in the end? Which probably in that heat mm-hmm. is a good thing if first-teamers, the ones you expect to be first-teamers, got sort of 20, 30 minutes each. Um, that was a decent round. You've got round. to see Crowley. 
a bit. Yes. yes. Um, I thought he looked. And a great goal by Roberts. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic goal. After a, after a, a season where you kept rooting for him to. And he played ninety minutes as well in that heat, yes. which yeah. I think if he can get a good pre-season under his belt this year and, st- and possibly stays with the squad this year rather than going out on loan yeah. um, could be a, a bit more of a break the breakthrough season we expected last year but obviously didn't happen due to some um, difficult times for him personally yeah. could This, I think the club have been good with him and basically said come back in, forget that year don't worry about it and let's look to do it again. Well, I really, really feel there is there is a player in there. You know, you can see it. You can see it still. He's shown, he's shown flashes of it at, at times. Mm. And, and obviously, you know, perhaps not as frequently as he should have done last season for understandable reasons. But, you know, I mean, I think we saw um, you know, the other day with his goal and, you know, he just has, he just has that, that finishing touch. And, yeah, you know, I think if, if if he can kind of get on a roll is what he really needs, get get a bit of confidence and, and start sort of scoring goals, then you might end up going on to become unstoppable. Like, really, I think he'll be that good. But he looked sure. like because he came back in for the county cup by the end of the year and put was it three or four past? I think yeah, it was four. Well, was it four? I don't know. Mm. He scored mm. a, but he certainly scored a hat trick. Yeah. Um, past City, who he was on loan to and didn't exactly set the world light at. Um, so I think that shows that he really does want to prove himself at Oxford and do well for Oxford United, obviously, mm-hmm. having been on loan at City. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think that the he's the sort of player who looks like he needs to arm around the shoulders this year. Yes. Whether that's that he actually goes on loan to another local club rather than the Wrexham or wherever, mm-hmm. um, just so they can keep him involved in the squad and keep reminding him that he is in the plans, even yeah. if not this year. I think, you know, what, what I think what we possibly saw as well on, on, on Tuesday night, um, and that we've got to remember is that we are a developing club, mm-hmm. and we still are hoping to produce our own players. And and as much as we talk about, oh, how are we going to replace Callum O'Dowd and how are we going to replace Kamar Roof? Um, that that it's not just about buying in players. You know, some of these players that we're not really thinking about as being big players for us. You know, players like. You know, Josh Ashby, or, or even like Ruffles, or you know, players that that have only played a bit part so far. Young players can go on and become those key players. You know, this season, next season. Yeah, and the there's the years. first set to start breaking in again, like Gcock and players yeah. like that who are right on that cusp again. So it does seem like we've got a decent crop coming through. So we can't forget them because obviously that's where Cal came from, and he's yeah. just got us a. The, the one with a, a, a different route that's had a big part to play in the pre-season stuff thus far, I'm not sure if he'll play tonight because he's featured so much in the other two, is Johnny Giles. Mm. Now, he doesn't seem to stand out yet, but he fits in comfortably. And yeah, he certainly doesn't let you down on that wing. He doesn't look exactly. out of place. He might not be the one that you go, wow, he's a bit special. If he comes on, we'll get something from yeah. this game. But at yet. the same time, you don't go, he looks like he was at uni mm. 12 months ago. No. and never played professional football in his life so he could be one of those players who develops quite quickly like it's, i think that's probably possibly what they recognized him isn't it that he's very coachable i think yes, yes. that's what's been said and I, you know and look at like shay dunkley is, is probably the same when he he's miles away from the from the first team this time last year and now he's yeah. all of a sudden got all these songs about him and <laughs> yeah he just needed a run in the side didn't he because he came in for the odd game here and there and perhaps felt he wasn't deserving of this place or he was trying to do things that weren't part of his game and then 
when sort of around about Christmas time when he came in for an extended run in the side and was doing what he could do well. He was concentrating on just doing what he could do well, being that kind of defender and, and really grew into his role. Mm, I did hear actually that the coaching staff were a little bit surprised about his, about his increase in performance and how well he How quickly, how quickly yeah, he, he developed. He they were quite impressed with that. They thought he was one for next season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond, whereas actually, once he did get that forced run in the side through Wright uh, and then Mullins, or Mullins and then Wright's injuries, um, that yeah, he really came into his own. I think that's why uh, another reason I was sort of okay with Wright and, and um, Mullins going. I don't know when the last time they both saw out seasons was in a while. Can I just double check? Are you saying, Matt, that making this comparison between Giles, that there is somebody like Shea Dunkley? Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Perhaps oh, not physically. Wow. Perhaps not physically. They are. They are. Uh, yeah. Giles is about five foot one, isn't and he? Half an inch. <laughs> so, very important. Um, so that's the first match done. We also had mini golf. Simon, you organised mini golf. Yeah, organised. I, I just tweeted out that hadn't anybody fancy around a crazy golf rather and and. I, perhaps if, if, if we'd have organised it properly, we wouldn't have played it at two o'clock in the afternoon. When no, it was very, uh, that was very, very, we'd, we've had hot, very hot, and I think the golf was very, very hot. But well, it's there some well. kind of competition element to it? There I was I thought some it was a friendly. Competition friendly. I thought it was all just, yeah. ev- the everyone's winners. winners. Yeah, mini True. golf was the winner that day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's missed that, Kath won the mini golf. Yes, I did. I uh, think playing it at two o'clock was a good time of day to play because I, th- I think those fitness who have showed stamina, that. Yeah, 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 fitness by hole twelve. I was really coming into my own. And so, and yeah, I had my own caddy yeah, as well. I was a yeah, full Carrying coaching my, setup. I think, carrying so my I beer for me seriously. as always. Yep. So yeah, I'd, I'd count myself as a winner there. Uh, then we had the fans match. Um, Kath um, organised a fans match when it looked like there wasn't going to be. Uh, second um, sort of first team match and then Paul uh, suggested that it was um, for the Steve Dyer fund which google it unless Kathy would like to say a few words about that. Um, well Steve um, as people listening probably will know Steve's a fan, Oxford fan out in, in the States uh, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer in November given four months to live and is absolutely defying all doctors came out for the Johnson's Paint Trophy and now for next season has decided to buy two season tickets for Helen Douglas House um, so that they can allow people who are using their hospice to come to games next year. So yeah, with Paul's suggestion, we thought we'd uh, get people to do donations who wanted to take part in the match so that we could raise some money for that fund. So how much was raised on the night? Um, on the night we raised about 485 euros, I say about, that's exact, 485 euros and since then people have been coming up to me and giving me donations about town um, and we're up to 666 euros now. 666, that's a bit of an odd, yes. odd number. an additional donation rounded it off to 666 for You're welcome. Um, com- <laughs> comfort purposes for Matt, he wasn't happy with 665. Yeah. But every little counts. Uh, And we've been told to bring that along to match two this evening and raise a bit more there. Yes, Daryl said he'll certainly put a call out and see if anybody else wants to donate. Some people at home could, couldn't they? They could donate as well. Is there a way to do that? Yes, they could. Well, uh, there isn't actually a way to do that because this was pretty much about here. Um, but the other option is obviously people can donate to the um, one of our own campaign that Oxbox are running. They do have a um, Just Giving page for that. It's a similar cause as for um, children in care. 
so sort of good things around Oxfordshire that people are doing so there seems to be a good buzz for that um, all around the club at the moment of people wanting to pay it forward yes good excellent um, so we had the party last night where we collected some more money um, yeah. good son of the party. I think not just yes. randomly for yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah nice and busy Good atmosphere. Yeah. Very yeah. good. I think we sh we shocked. I think the numbers of Oxford fans out here for, for match one, apparently we the club that we played at sold as much over the counter in beer as they had in in the whole of last season. And last night at the party, I think we were starting at seven. I thought we'd gradually build up a, a bit of a buzz. It'd be people arriving throughout the evening. And I think that that's kind of the Spanish way, you know. If you say it starts at seven, they'll turn up at eleven. Mm -hmm. We said it starts at seven and kind of queues at the door at ten two. And, yeah. and I think we took the the venue by surprise a little bit because it was slightly overwhelming at the start. But to see so many Oxford fans, and to see Oxford fans who I've been going for years, I didn't recognise people. You got to chat to people. Oh yeah, I've been going for years as well. Where do you sit? Where do you, you know? Mm. And and meeting people that you you don't necessarily know, but just having Oxford United in common and coming out here and, and enjoying meeting new people and, and just having a bit of a laugh. Yeah, it's yeah. a great atmosphere, mm. isn't it? Really good atmosphere. And we, we actually literally drank the bar dry. Yes, considering well. we said, um, or the, the bar were told it was about 500 people, yeah. it was seven till seven in the morning about 10 o'clock. Yeah. They're out buying beer from other bars. So yeah. that they did a great job. They managed to they open did. the other bar and uh, the, key, they weren't, the keys weren't too long and it, it was a lot of fun. match two this evening um that is on a training ground don't know what to make of what what that's going to be like i'm going to go with hot it's going to be hot mm -hmm. i'm quite nervous about it to be honest because you can't see this but i'm currently a lobster right i'm so burnt <laughs> so i'm thinking what i'm, I'm gonna take it i'm gonna just stand under a towel tonight or something i don't know what to do so yeah i'm panicking a bit I think there's a big tree. Is <laughs> it? That's that's a turnstile. Is it anywhere near the pitch at all? Is it like a mile away? Yeah, it's on it's uh, on the hill, isn't it? I think. I don't know, but tree. but avoid the long grass. Apparently, if the ball's going well, in the, in the long grass, it's yes, yeah, snakes. Yeah. I thought they'd all gone to Bristol City. Oh, stinging facts. Correct. <laughs> 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 wow, that was scathing. Well done. <laughs> So, uh, the, the kit, that also has happened in the summer. Do we like oh. the kit? Mm. Yeah. 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 Good. And uh, it's it's overwhelming, wasn't it? Yeah, there. Yeah. So um, right, Wright's uh, departure came as a surprise because we made the kit images again this year with featuring Wright in the middle. Front and centre. Front and centre. Bubble, yeah. And then I got a, a call while we were out here in Spain saying we needed to, uh, to change it. Excellent. So we did. Yes. There's a throwback to, it's like the 83, 84 kit, yeah. I believe. Yes. Uh, yes. Similar, yeah. Before me, unfortunately, but I have seen it. Yeah, and it's it's um, quite warm in this weather, isn't it? Yes. Wearing, wearing, it's, it. It's yes. wearing anything, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, wearing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why most of us are taking to wearing yeah. not a lot. Yes. Anyway, potential signings. Who do we, th well, where do we need, need signings still? Goals. Goals. <laughs> Goals. Yep. Um, that's, yeah, I mean, obviously we have no idea how Thomas and things like that have come in are going to do. And we have no idea how Roof and O'Dowd and Hilton would have done in League One. League One. And for all three of them, we won't find out either. Um, so I think, I think there is that 
proven goal scorer as everybody wants, but I think more than previously perhaps we would we would want one of them. I think Thomas I expect to be similar to a Hilton sort of role of picking up, you know, ten, twelve, something like that in the season, and rather than being the main goal scoring threat. I think it'd be interesting with the signings as well, potentially where Appleton plays them, because you look at um Circum prior to last season had scored no more than five or six in a season, mm-hmm. but but he was always playing a much deeper role. And Appleton obviously spotted yeah. something in that, or coaching staff spotted something in him, and he's ended up with what three times as many goals as he's ever scored in a season because of what the coaching have done with him. So may, maybe you know we might bring in a player and people look at his stats and think well, there's not much there. Yeah. When actually, well, well you and know, and that something else might happen. Largely a winger mm. before. He started playing for us in 26 last season. So, next season, do we feel we've got a squad to compete higher end? Definitely. Um, with one or two signings, you know, like you say, goals, add, add one goal scorer to the list that we've got currently, and I think I'm more than happy with it. You know, definitely playoff contention. Yeah. Mm. High praise indeed. I think, I think yeah, I good think players, yeah, say like goal scorer, and then I think they'll probably look to do a few. Uh, we're probably slightly light on numbers, if not quality. So I think they'll probably look to do a few of the similar loan signings we've had in the past. But obviously, with the loan rules changing, that we can't have emergency loans. There'll be ones that are perhaps whole season or half season ones, but they'll have to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's sort of like a Jordan Graham type player mm. that actually can't be recalled in that instance with the, the new system. So we'd have them for much longer, but mm-hmm. which given our scouting system of picking up players who aren't playing at their clubs and bringing them on could be actually to our advantage yeah. next season. So your, your top end as well, prediction? Uh, yeah, I'd be... Uh, I'd probably be slightly more cautious than Simon and be yeah upper mid table maybe maybe having a look at the look at the playoffs depending on how the running goes. Uh, I'm I'm sort of there. I think I think it'll be a slow start. I think they've made more changes than they planned, but I do think they're all good changes. So once they're all used to playing together, I think they'll be. It's a fairly tough opening few fixtures. I yes. think as well. So yeah, it'll be a no need to panic and just keep doing. I mean, we did Crawley last year. We picked up that draw, and instantly everybody suddenly went, "Oh, maybe it's not as good as we thought." Yeah, it was. going one nil down and just sort of like, "Oh, we thought we we're gonna smash this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, groups of five games again. Do we think? Worked last guess. year, didn't it? It, it? it made sense. It's worked. We've done it before. Why yeah. not stick with it? I think yeah, as we say, it's that thing that again just keeps the player's mind focused on a small target rather than ever getting carried away or too down. If you've there were games, well, the perfect example of the five game thing would be when we lost to Luton and then Akron, uh, yeah, Luton and Accrington. That was right, wasn't it? In the. In uh, the sorry, no, Northampton and Accrington. But we still picked up eight points mm-hmm. for that period. So even though the fans were all down because we dropped six points in a week, mm-hmm. we actually still picked, were on target. So that kind of helps the players refocus and. And not yes. start to panic themselves. Well, one I think it was one set of five games we got seven, but the next one we got ten or something like that. And it, it really what it kept everyone calm and yeah, well, but most the, people. The difference this year, of course, last year we had a very clear: you need this amount of points from from each group of five games to reach this amount of points to reach hit this particular target. Because the aim all along was obviously promotion. Mm-hmm. 
this season, obviously, is a little bit more of a step into the unknown. I mean, no, no one's going to say, well, if we don't get promoted, it's a failure. Yeah. So, perhaps, perhaps you know, it's... Yeah, it's probably not going to be eight approach. next year, because yeah. uh, yes. eight was the target for playoffs, so yeah. uh, that will be revised. But yeah, it'll be interesting whether the club come out and tell us what the revised... So it's probably going to keep be fans calm as much yeah. as anything else. Because they did that last year, and I think it, a lot of fans, there's always going to be fans who are you know, doom and gloom at the first sign of any defeat. But I think it helped the fans, you were saying it helped the players, I think it helped the fans as well to, to look and, and take you know, defeat calmly. And okay, well, you know, that block, that block, that block. And it certainly, you know, it, it, was, it was being talked about quite a lot on fans' forums and Twitter and stuff about those blocks of five games. And yeah. it, it did help just to calm things down when it, when it needed to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this season's a why not season. Let's give it a mm. go. Yeah. Um, let's not not think about getting relegated. I, I see no reason why we should. I don't think we'll be anywhere near this. I'd be happy with like a sort of a mid-table-ish season of consolidation with perhaps a good cup run. Um, but I'd be happy with that. I know probably some fans would be devastated by it, but then some people are permanently devastated. <laughs> In case you don't know, um, there's become uh, an option for B teams in what was the JPT. Academy teams. Academy teams, B teams, um, <laughs> which had they existed last year, we probably wouldn't have got Roof or Lundstrom, but still, Oxford United voted in, despite Daryl Eels coming out and saying he wasn't for it. Um, and several people have voted in. It's meaning that every team will have to play more games, despite the, the reason being people were playing too many games. And apparently, it's going to make a lot more money for people, but uh, there seems to be a, a large boycott movement. Where do we even begin with it? It's such a <laughs> dreadful idea. You know, it, it makes absolutely no sense in terms of what the original goals of the competition were, which is, of course, a, a cup competition that, that can be a bit of fun, hopefully, for, for, for people in for clubs in League 1 and League 2. A chance to get to Wembley is, you know, I, I really actually enjoyed going to the JPT games, turning up to a game with, with obviously a lower crowd, plus playing slightly less money, and going and going and watching Oxford and going, actually, I don't really care whether we win or not. It's just nice to have a bit of fun, sing a few songs and watch a game of football. I kind of get quite nervous watching, watching Oxford in the league. It was nice to have that taken mm -hmm. away uh, for, for the JPT and having a good fun sort of cup run. Now we're going to end up sat there, well I'm not even going to be there because I'm not going to be watching B teams. I, my, my problem is whether I boycott the rest of the games or just West Brom B. Will those teams actually enter? Because it seems to be that a lot of the big clubs, is that Rabbit Ears, is it? Rabbit ears, big yeah. clubs have sort of said, no, we're not going to take part. Well, the, the likes of Arsenal, Man United, see, yeah. Liverpool, you know, yeah. The ones that would pull, pull neutrals in yeah, and not see, care. Yeah, yeah, us against Man United's B team, academy team, under 23 plus a few older ones team, whatever it might be. Might, yeah, might be a draw for the neutrals. Us playing against, I don't know, Wolves B team or the... Coventry, uh, not Coventry. Um, no, we're playing there first. Bournemouth or Watford or something like that. It's there's no, absolutely no interest for me to, to watch, and and the idea I don't know why I've not been that. The is it to help the England team in the future or is it just to help the Premier League teams give their youngsters who could be from anywhere in the world a bit of a run out? What, what, who, what's the point yeah. of it? I thought I thought that was kind of a cynical way of getting. That the B teams thing through from to advantage the B 
big premiership mm. teams. And yeah. now they're pulling out of it. Yeah. It seems, well, what are you doing this for? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, then, especially when you look at Arsenal, Man U, both mentioned as not taking yeah. part in yeah. it. Rothwell and Crowley have come to Oxford to get first-team football. That's mm. exactly what it creates, and that's how, you mentioned Bournemouth as well, that's how they're in the Premier League now, because they were able to get players mm. like that and play the right way. Leicester won the Premier League last season. They've been up and down the leagues. Mm. That wouldn't be able to happen. You wouldn't have underdog stories as long as you absolutely play the game to the bigger teams in, in the way that they can flourish and everyone else can, can I think benefit. It also, there's, a, there's a, sort of a bit of a link with the elite player performance programme, EPPP thing, where the bigger clubs yeah, they were again, allowed to, to just go, yeah, talent. so they've hoovered up all this talent and then go, well, what do we do with them now? We, we've got nothing failed. to do with them, we it's can't really play. Yeah. Everyone, so, when it came through, everyone said, this isn't, it's not going to work, it's going to be bad for the, the development of, of younger players because the bigger teams have a proven track record of failing younger players mm. because they're not giving them meaningful competitive games. And instead of instead of offering them opportunities for more competitive games, the EPPP mm. reduced their chances yeah. of ever yeah. making it through the to senior football. You know, the likes of Rothwell, you mentioned Mourinho, he obviously, you know, he had that list of 49 players that he said he brought through as youth team players and, you know, 30 of them played two minutes each in the last game of the season. So Rothwell's looked at that and thought, I'm, I'm never going to play. Yeah. And I don't really want to be playing, you know, half a dozen cup games against Crawley. Yeah. You know, in the BBPL <laughs> whatever game, MFI. Um, so he's come to Oxford in League One and will play a big part, hopefully, in some success and play meaningful games against, you know, proper opposition. That that's where the play if well, the Premier League clubs aren't going to let their players go because they want to hold on to loads of them for the potentially one. Wayne yeah, Rooney or, or, yeah, or, but so they have loads of them and then when they get to 21, 22 and they've played hardly any competitive football, what do they do? They, you know, yes, I don't, I don't see who, who benefits from it. But the, the, the I think the FA should be focusing on saying, well, you know, rather than saying category one academies mm. can play in this other competition, why not improve the quality of coaching at category two, three, help out those clubs so that League One and Two clubs academy coaching is at the same standard yeah. as Premier League academy coaching. And then wherever the youngsters are, when they break into the first team, yeah, that quality football might not be as good, but actually at academy level, mm. it doesn't matter where you are. That's what, in my opinion, they should be focusing on rather than just allowing the big sides to... To, to go, oh, well, they're not getting as good a coaching at Walsall, so they should come to us. Mm. Or, you know, it just seems the wrong way to go about it. And it's a very monopolising way to go about it rather than um, whatever the opposite of that is. Just regarding these trophy plans, again, just to go back to that, what's amazed me is how little anyone, it seems, has been consulted before all of these plans have been made, made public. Or, or they, they've tried to press on with them, you know, without... without Kind of actually discussing the plans with anyone, and they've changed the. Do you do? I don't know. First time on. Do you do politics on this? Do we, is that no, money in the jar? If I mention the it. referendum, but it was a bit like you know, Farage and Boris are going. Well, this will happen if we vote out, and we vote that. And we go. Well, no, we didn't say that. And now we've yeah, done yeah. the. Oh, it's going to be under twenty-one players, and now it's going to be. Well, no, it'll be under twenty-threes, but we'll have a load of uh, potentially four or five overage as well. So it, it, we voted. We voted. The clubs have voted for something that is then changed after the vote. Yeah. yeah. So, so the clubs it, themselves. Even, have been basically lied to or misled mm. 
they've not they 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 only the know they imposed, voted for not, doesn't, doesn't exist. Exist. No. had something imposed on them they didn't vote for the fans not consulted at all and then, by the way I'm really disappointed that the club having kind of forged links with the fans all throughout last season didn't didn't kind of consult anyone on this I think no, not I right. think they have pledged yeah. so. they they have pledged to in future and I hope they do any more any further sort of decision making I do hope the fans do have a stake in it because you know at the end of the day it's as, as important to us as it is to the club. Mm. Um, Which you can see is, from the feeling from fans, not just of Oxford, of all over the place. People have very strong feelings on exactly, it, and that's because it exactly. does upset people. Um, the other thing is they obviously haven't even consulted the Premier League clubs themselves who are going to no. be coming in because they've announced, you know, these clubs are going to be playing in it. And then, you know, half of them already have said, well, actually, we, we, we're not mm. interested in your poxy tin pot competition. Let's so, go back to the old reserve leagues. Have a reserve league like they, you know, like we used to. Well, yeah. So and then the big clubs. Doesn't mean anything. No. Now. So, so yeah. the football league also talk about easing fixture congestion. Yes, and then adding three stage. more yeah. with a group stage. That's yeah. Such a thinking, isn't it? Well, especially when you look at. Um, I don't know if it was used as an example, but the amount of games Oxford played last season was amazing. Like, and, and Circum played a large amount of those, and Scars played a lot of those, and. It, it, like that has to be taken into account. So they initially said, oh, it'll mean that there'll be fewer games because B teams will come in, so leagues will end up smaller is the long-term that plan. That was the and then League 3. Yes. Wow. Which is um, the end game, isn't it? That's yes. what this is really designed to kind of soften us up for. Let's, let's not be around the bush. That is, that um, is what they're aiming for. And now they're, they're starting that by whacking in an extra three fixtures. Let's end on a high then, anyway, because we've all been disappointed. First game of the season, are we going to win it? Oh, everyone's too scared. <laughs> yes. yes! Yeah, good. Nine right. points. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Four points. Uh, I, do, I do think it'll be a slow start to the season, but once the players have trailed, I think it'll be great. I trust Michael Appleton to replace um, any positions we're currently lacking in. Uh, and I think we're all agreed in that. Mm. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to who the signings are because I'm certain that there will be decent additions, permanent and on loan. So it's just quite an exciting time. I think that's why people are like, just announce the signings yeah. because actually there's such a clamour for, we know that there will be some exciting players still to come in in the building, as Michael was saying. Right, so that's it from the Spanish special of the Fenton podcast thank you very much simon for being our special guest thank you for inviting me on thanks very much for listening uh thank you all participants thank everyone you. just nodded at me thank you <laughs> <laughs> some noise um we will speak to you after the first few games uh through another podcast see you in league one adios <laughs>